I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Your Bibles, I'm going to read them to you, starting in the book of Hebrews. And then I'm going to go to John 14. Not very long, set a passage. Hebrews 1, and verse, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things that are seen are not made of things which do appear. Now, in John 14 and 1, I told you, John 14 and 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. Put your Bibles down. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I ask your blessings upon tonight. I ask that God, that you would minister in a special way. Lord, you've already done a great work here. You're already ministering in this place tonight. God, you've already done what you said you were going to do. And Lord, now we want to perform, Lord, what you have forgiven us tonight, Lord. And I pray that right now, in the name of Jesus, every evil spirit, every demonic spirit, every lying spirit will go in Jesus' name. And we ask for the Spirit of God to minister unto this body in a special way tonight. Lord, you are here to do a work. You are here, you've orchestrated this night, Lord, for a special reason. And I, God, I just ask that you would touch everyone that is here tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, I've, I've got a new tablet this, this tonight. I didn't bring my, my apple uh, that I normally preach out of. And so this is my first time to to test the waters with this tablet, because I'm going to take this tablet with me to the Philippines. And uh, so just in case, if this doesn't work out, I, I brought paper back up. <laughs> you know, because I want to make sure that I, I give to you what God has given to me. I want to tell you tonight that God has already orchestrated your miracle. No, you're not understanding. God has already met your need. God has already heard your prayers and He has met that need. In fact, God has already been here once 
in the worship and in the praise. God has already been here once in the preaching of the Word this morning. And He's here right now, and He's waiting for somebody to get up and give Him a hand clap of praise. Now, God is wanting to do a great work in this house, but we've got to help Him out with praise and worship because God inhabits the praises of His people. Now, I, I'm going to say this tonight. Who has a need in the house tonight? Not a desire, not a want, not a wish, but who has a need in the house tonight? Raise your hand, please. You are God's testimony tonight. You are God's testimony tonight that God is going to meet that need. I want to tell you tonight that this is going to be a night that's going to rock your boat. I'm going to rock your boat tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to tip your pail tonight. I'm going to get up on your spiritual high horse and slap it and see if I can ride it to, it, to the ground. Well, I'm telling you. God has a plan. And I, I, I want to tell you something. This is... <laughs> okay, you ready for this? God has performed your miracle already. God has already sent your miracle on the way. God has already healed your body. God has already answered your prayer in the future. But He has come back into the past so that he can hear you, to, to meet your need that it is here in the presence because you have asked him to meet that need. Now, let me say that one more time because I, I, maybe I just didn't get that right. Okay, it says, God has performed your miracle already. God has already provided your healing. God has already answered your prayer in the future. But he has come back to the past... So that he can take care of your need here in the presence. Now you can blame that one on Brother Robertson. Brother Robertson last week said that God is so great that when he created the universe, God created everything within himself. So that when he created the heavens and the earth, he was right in the middle of all that he created. Now see, that's called ethereal thinking. See, that's, that's something that's way out there for some people. And yet God wants to let you know that He's already done some things in your life. You just haven't recognized it yet. Now maybe you think I'm out of the book by what I just said, but if you go to Daniel in the 10th chapter in the 13th verse, it says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. This was the angel talking to Daniel. He withstood me one and twenty days, and lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, he had already answered Daniel's prayer. He had to go into the future to answer that prayer. He came back into the past to meet the need that Daniel had prayed. Now, maybe you don't understand that. Maybe you don't believe it. So let's go to the New Testament. Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four says this. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, pray, that you may believe, that you may receive, that you may have them. You see, you just pray that prayer and believe. I'm not talking about wishful prayers. I'm not talking about prayers to make yourself rich. 
The Scripture says that you, you ask God and receive not because you ask amiss, because you might consume it upon your lust. But when you've got a need, that's different from a want. That's different from a wish. That's different from a need. Or that's different from, from a desire. It's a need. And God said, so whatever you need, I'm going to provide. You see, tonight I'm talking about a veil of hope. The miracle has already happened. The prayer has been given. The prayer the prayer's already been answered. God is already healing. God is already doing what He said He would do. All we have to do is just believe it. Jesus said, if I believe it, it will happen. Jesus said, if, I, if, I, if He promised it, I believe it. He spoke it, I'll accept it. You see, we just... We look at the present things. We look at the things that are before us. That's why faith, this, the, the definition of, uh, of faith in the third chapter, uh, or in the third verse of Hebrews 11, it says, so that these things which are seen are not made by, made by the things which do appear. You see, we don't see our miracle yet. It's not before our eyes yet. We haven't seen the healing yet. We don't feel good yet. But it's on its way. God is meeting that need right now. All we have to do is accept it. All we have to do is believe it. You see, Scripture says that all things work together for the good of them that are called. I believe a lot of things in the Bible tonight. You ready? You ready? I believe in the principle of the teaching of eternal security. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in that principle. Now, before you start sending rocks my way and thinking evil thoughts, I want to tell you that I do not believe in the doctrine of eternal security. I do not believe in the doctrine of eternal security, but I believe in the principle of eternal security. What am I talking about? I don't believe that you can go and, and then you can confess your sins at any age. I don't believe that you can be at the age of 12 or age of 15 or age of 60 or age of 50 or age whatever. Confess yourself as a sinner. Accept the Lord as, as your personal Savior. And then go out and live like the world. And then expect somehow that you're going to make it into heaven. You see, you can't pollute your body and expect to make it into heaven. You can't destroy your body and you expect to make it into heaven. You can't live like the world and expect to make it into heaven. You can't do debaucherous things in your body and in your mind and expect to make it into heaven just because you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's not going to happen. The Bible doesn't teach it that way. You see, the doctrine of eternal security is not taught in the Scriptures. You know, it's not once saved, always saved. It's not that way. You see, but I do believe in the principle of eternal security. Now, what am I talking about? In Hebrews 13.8, you got that, brother? Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The principle of, secure, uh, of eternal security in that scripture says that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what's going on in my life, what's that, no matter what's shaking my world, you see, Jesus is still the same. 
Jesus is not going to change on me. Jesus is not going to change His doctrines on me. Jesus is not going to accept me when I ask forgiveness. I'm telling you that 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 Scripture tells me that with the principle of eternal security that no matter how Jesus was yesterday, He's still the same today. That when I confess my sins, He's going to forgive me of my sins. When I wash my sins away, He's going to to put His name upon me and my, my sins are gone. The doctrine or the teaching of eternal security is the fact that the way Jesus was in the day that He walked upon this earth is the same way that he is today. He didn't change just because time changed. He didn't change just because I changed. He didn't change just because you changed. He's still the same. He still loves you, but he hates your sin. He still loves you and he cares for you. And he's not going to change that, but he's not going to accept your sin just because you want to cloak it in some, some form or some fashion. You see, I'm talking about a veil of hope. The hope that no matter what I do, no matter how many mistakes I made, this same Jesus who forgave me yesterday is going to forgive me today. You don't have to carry that. You don't have to carry that sin. You don't have to carry that lifestyle anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Because the same God you, you, you tried to serve the other day, He's still the same. And He's not changing tomorrow either. It's not going away tomorrow. He's still going to love you tomorrow. He's still going to forgive you tomorrow. He's still going to look after you tomorrow. He's still going to protect you tomorrow. He's still going to whisper your name to the, to the Father tomorrow. He's still going to be your advocate tomorrow. Tomorrow he's still the same. He's not changing, and that's where my hope lies. When I was born into this world, I had a sin nature. When I was born in this world 35 years ago, I, or excuse me, 54 years ago. Well, my math's a little off. <laughs> But when I was born into this world 55 years ago, I was born with a sin nature. And uh, when I was born, I needed, I needed somebody to take care of me. I needed somebody to take care of that sin in my life. And, and, and Jesus was that Savior. And the, and the thing is, when you were born in your sin... God provided a way for you too. I, I hope that you understand that this, the, the God that, that said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, is saying to you and I, I have the same amount of grace for you. And when this grace is all used up today, tomorrow he's going to show you some more grace. And when that day is all used up, He's going to show you some more grace. And He's going to show you some more mercy. And He's going to show you some more love. I'm talking about the veil of hope tonight that the God that I serve, He's not changing anything. He's not changing in any way. He's still the same loving God that I came to know when I, when I confessed my sins and was, was baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a veil that has been, that has been torn asunder at the cross. 
I'm talking of veil, the separation that was torn apart at the cross. You see, at the cross, there, there was that veil. Before Christ died, there was that veil, that separation between me and God. But when that when Christ died, that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom and, and that separation between me and God is gone anymore and I can come into the presence of God and I can ask God, forgive me, God, for my sin because He washed away my sin and I can put it before Him without having to go to any other place, to any other person, to any other church person and confess my sins. I can go to Him in person and let Him take it away from me. You see, God has such a love for mankind that if we follow God's commandments, if we follow Christ's commandments, when God calls us home, He's going to be waiting there for you and me. Not because we're good enough. Because He said He would. I can trust Him. I can trust His Word. His Word is not going to fall, fall to the ground void, the Scripture says, but it's going to accomplish that what it is set out to do. Christ is reaching out for a group of people tonight. Don't you understand? Don't you know that our world is a fire? Don't you understand that our world is falling apart at its seams? Don't you understand the Scripture says in Romans 8 that the whole creation is groaning under the burden of our sins. It's groaning under the weight of what we've done. It's groaning for somebody to come back and to redeem us. And that one person who it is, that one person that we can trust, that one person that made it possible, his name is Jesus tonight. His name is Jesus, and he is the one that made it possible for me to be able to feel without guilt in my, my day-to-day living. He took away my guilt. He took away my sin. He took away my shame. And he nailed it all to the cross. Right. <laughs> We live in a country where the ruling class, the political ruling class is tearing apart America. We live in a country where our economic system is collapsing. We're living in a country where our health care system is about to fall apart because of all the, the immigrants that are flooding our borders. We're living in a country where every moral corner that we once used to be able to hold on to, is, is, it's disappearing. It's, it's, it's being torn apart. It's being torn away. Yeah, and, 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 and when those things are gone, there's a shifting that goes on. There's a drifting that goes on. But what did you say this morning in Hebrews 6? That there's an anchor to my soul, and that anchor is Jesus Christ tonight. If you're drifting in your sin, if you're drifting in your soul, if you're drifting with a lack of hope, you can put your anchor in Jesus Christ tonight. And that anchor ain't going to move. It's going to bind you right in the place where Jesus Christ has you. You don't have to drift tonight and wondering what you're going to do tomorrow because if you, if you serve God, you don't have to worry about those kind of things. He's already taking care of your tomorrows. You see... Just because I change, Jesus Christ doesn't change. I want to talk to you about another principle that I believe in. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the principle of predestination. You see, I, I believe in the principle of predestination. Now, I don't believe in the teaching of 
predestination. I don't believe in the doctrine of predestination. The doctrine of predestination is that there are a certain number who are predetermined to go to heaven. And then there is a certain amount that are predetermined to go to hell. Now the Mormons believe that there's only going to be 144,000 saved. Now, Joseph Smith, who was the original leader of the Mormon church, from his generation back in the 18, I think it's 36, 34, whatever, when he was shot down in Carthage, Illinois, for trying to escape out of jail, from that generation on until now, somewhere in all those generations, there's 144,000. That is a small number. Because from what I understand, the Mormon church ranks into the millions. So out of all those millions, only 144,000 is going to be saved. That's predestination. You see, there's no teaching in the Bible that says that there's only a certain amount of people that are going to be saved. There's no teaching in the Bible that's, that, that guarantees anyone... That they are going to hell. There's no teaching in the Bible that guarantees anybody that they can't be saved. In fact, Scripture teaches us in, uh, in Acts 2 and 21, it says this, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, if it's whosoever, that doesn't mean that there's a limited amount of people, right? In uh, 2 Peter 3 and 9... It says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness. But He is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, there is no doctrine of predestination being taught. Everybody within the sound of my voice has the chance to be saved. Isn't that the wondrous thing that God has provided that, uh, that there's, there's more than 144,000 of you that can be saved. There's more than 144,000 people that can be, be, be delivered from their sin. There's 100, more than 144,000. It's whosoever will. But see, I believe, <laughs> I believe in the teaching of predestination. I believe in Ephesians 1 and 5, it says this. I have predestined, I have, having predestined us unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to His good pleasure and His will. And Romans 8 and 29 says, Who, For whom He did foreknow, He also predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. You see, if I'm predestinated for anything, it's to be conformed to His image. God wants us... To be like Him. He has made everything within our hearts, everything within our power, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. You see, there's, there's, there's no... It's, it's not whether you're going to heaven or hell that makes the difference. It's what you believe. Faith. Faith. And when you conform to the ways of God, God makes things possible for you and for me. Do you be able to make it into heaven? But you see, there's, there's all kinds of wonders in the Bible that I don't understand. 
There's all kinds of things that, that just don't quite make sense to me. One of them is like this. It's in Revelations 13 and 8. You have it, brother? And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names, I like this, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Now see, all those who are not found written in the book of the life are already going to go, they're going to be praising God anyway. So I might as well get my name in the book so that I can praise Him anyway. Because I'm going to praise Him anyway even if my name isn't in the book. So I might as well put my name in the book. Let's get in the book. But that's not what I don't understand. What I did not understand is why a lamb had to be slain from the foundations of the world. I did not understand why that if God created everything in six days and He said that it was good, why would He create something that's imperfect? If God created everything and said it was good, then it should have been perfect. Okay? And if God... To me, that, to me that spoke of predestination. If God created a lamb slain from the foundations of the world before anything else was created, if God created something from the foundations of the world, then He was, he was expecting something to happen, and that's predestination. Okay? So if God play, uh, provided a lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world, then why, when he created Adam and Eve, he said it was good? Did he create them to fail? See, I didn't understand. It was a mystery to me. So I was in prayer yesterday. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to God, and out of the blue... God gives the answer. You see, God is perfect. God in all his attributes, he is perfect. God in all his morals, he is perfect. God in his intellect, he is perfect. God in his thinking, there is no flaws. He is perfect. Everything about God is perfect. The scripture says that there is no sin in God. God cannot tempt man with sin. And God is not going to, God's not, not going to let, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tongue tied here. God, God, everything God did was, was perfect, okay? So if God created, if God is perfect and he created man, you see, when he created and started the creation process, Whatever he created was going to be inferior. You see, even though God was perfect, everything that he created was going to be less than perfect. And so because he created man, he knew man was going to fail because he was less than perfect, because he was not God. When God created the angels, even the angels themselves fell. So if God was creating things that were imperfect even though he created them and said they were good. He needed something that was going to redeem the imperfect. And so he created in his mind, the scripture says, in the beginning was the Word. 
Now, in that scripture, David Bernard teaches that in that word, it was his plan to provide for a sacrifice for all those who are imperfect. And that being Jesus Christ. You see, because I am imperfect, and I am going to make mistakes, and I am going to do some awful things in this body. I have done awful things in this body. I have put awful things in this body. I have, I, I have done all kinds of things because I am imperfect and my flesh is weak and I needed something that was going to redeem me in the eyes of God. And so he created, from the very beginning of time, he created a lamb so that he would have something to take care of my imperfections. You, you see, God is here to take care of all your needs tonight. He's already taken care of the needs that, 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 that you've prayed about. He's already provided for them. All we have to do is believe. Just because we don't see them doesn't mean that they're not coming. Just because we don't feel them doesn't mean that it's, they're not already there. When Brother Sims went for his surgery, he was asking people to pray for him. And now he's sitting here tonight after surgery, major surgery. Because God provided for him, and God is providing for him, and God's going to provide for you. You can believe God because He did something for Him. One of the problems in the Old Testament was that when God was doing His miracles, when God was doing His signs, when God was doing His, his meeting the needs of the children of Israel, they could not see God and so they could not believe. They would not believe, even though God was working on their behalf. You know, they, he was doing all kinds of miracles. The waters parted, and they, and they passed along on dry ground. The seas parted, and they walked along. He was doing all these miracles so that he could see. They could see that God was there. And yet they still didn't believe. We have an opportunity tonight to honor God by believing in the works that He's already done and by believing in the works that He's already done in your life and my life, He can be honored by the fact that we can believe that He's going to meet the rest of our needs. What, what did you say this morning? If you don't believe me for my word's sake, then believe me for the things that I have done. Jesus said that in the 14th chapter of John. You see, all along the way, in your life and in my life, God has been providing for you. God has taken care of you. In the scripture we read, it says, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. He was preparing for your future. He was leaving the present to go to the future so that when you come back, or when he comes back, he's going to come back into the past to meet your needs today. One day this world is going to go away. Very, very soon. I don't know if it's tomorrow. But when it goes, who do you think we're going to see the very first thing? It's going to be Jesus, because it's going to be Him who's going to be calling us home. And when we come into the portals of glory, He's going to, see, he's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter ye into my, your rest. Enter into the place that I have prepared for you. And it doesn't matter whether there's 144,000 or there are millions because God has a place for each and every one of us. 
God has provided for your needs tonight. And all you have to do is believe. The veil of my hope. The veil of my trust. The things that I believe in. They are all in Jesus Christ. This morning you were, you, you, you were, you were just jumping all over the stuff that I was wanting to teach t- tonight. You see, Jesus is our all in all. He is our Redeemer. He is our supply. He supplies all our need. He is our peace speaker. He, he, he is our healer. He is our gatekeeper. He is our forerunner to, 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 to heaven. He is the firstborn among the dead. You see, He was all these things. He is our righteousness. He is our hope. He is, the, he is the eternal Son. You see, all these things. He is, He is, He is. And then, you see, there was two professors. Their names are, their last names are, 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 are uh, Flanders and, and Crescent. Okay? And they write this. The name Yahweh, which we pronounce Jehovah in English. The name Yahweh in Hebrew comes from a word. Oh, a, a, a verb that means he is. But you see, it was improper for, for God to say he is. So when he said to Moses that he is, he wasn't saying he is. He says, I am. So when we say he is our, our, our peacekeeper or our peacemaker, when he is our redeemer, when he is our healer, we are saying he is or I am. My Redeemer. I am your healer. I am your, 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 your God. I am your, 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 your deliverer. I am, I am, I am. Because He said He is, He is, He is. You see, He provided for all our needs. You see, there are not two gods in heaven. There are not three gods in heaven. There are only one, there is only one God in heaven. And His name is Jesus. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And His name is Jesus. The need that you need to have tonight, the need that you need to ask God for, you go to Him in the name of Jesus and you believe. Because that is my hope. There are not three gods. There's not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They're all three one. They're all three one. There is no other God. What, what's that scripture says in, 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 in let me get it because I want to quote it properly. I want to quote it properly. In Isaiah, in Isaiah 44, oh, here it is. Isaiah 44 and 8 says, Fear not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee that from time and have declared it? Ye, have, ye, have, ye even are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. There is no other God. It's Jesus. And for whatever you need tonight, you need to go to Jesus for that need. Let's stand tonight. You see, Jesus is here tonight. He's been here all night. We've we've just... We've tried to get comfortable on Him. We've, we've, we've sat back in our chairs and we've said, Oh, entertain us. Oh, let's, let's see the loaves and the fishes. Let's see the miracles. Let's see the signs. God's already provided for your need. All you have to do is believe. Yes, sir. God is already here tonight. 
All you have to do is call upon him, and he's going to answer. I, I don't know what your need is tonight. I can't see what's upon your heart tonight. I know that there are, there are people here who, who have all kinds of needs of healing. I know that there are people here who have cancer in their bodies. I know that there are people here who I've heard are having seizures. I know that there are people here who are not feeling well tonight. I'm telling you tonight, you who raised your hand, if you will come down and you put it upon the altar and give it to Jesus, God said He's going to meet that need. All we have to do is believe. That's my hope tonight. My, that's where I put my trust in. I put it in the name of Jesus. When He is my, my, my El Shaddai, He is the Lord my provider. He is my, my Adonai. He is my God Almighty. He is my King of kings. And He is my Lord of lords. And He is here to meet your need tonight. All you have to do is give it to Him. All you have to do is let Him take it from you. You got a problem tonight? You can receive an answer to it. You got a problem tonight? God can lift it off of you. If you need a healing tonight, God can give it. Call upon the name of Jesus tonight. I don't know. I, I, I know that I'm not... care. You can get on Facebook and, and, and talk how bad. I don't care. I wouldn't read it anyway. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad I am. I know how good Jesus is. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to proclaim His name. If this, if this is the last Saturday and Sunday night service that I preach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out preaching Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go out preaching the one that I believe in. I'm going to go out preaching my deliverer. I'm going to go out preaching my my, my provider. I'm not, I'm not going to believe in any other God. I'm not going to believe in two gods. I'm not going to believe in three gods. That's polytheism. I believe in one God. And His name is Jesus tonight. Won't you come tonight? Maybe there's something upon your heart you just need to release tonight. Won't you come? Won't you, won't you give it to the Lord tonight? I don't. I'm not going to sit up here and promise things I can't keep. But you see, God's already promised things that He can keep. He's already made the promises. He's the one that said He would fulfill them. He's the one that said he would provide for our needs. And all you have to do is to come tonight. Won't you come? Lord bless you. I would like to invite the whole church.